With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Lost Talk Radio. The Dolphins bust through. Walt Aikens blocks it, scoops it, scores it. Touchdown, Miami. Working on Brandon Wiles, and Wiles just doesn't get enough of him, doesn't get a piece at all. Aikens takes advantage of it, scoop and score. As you said, the two-point conversion a week ago. He also had a great play on special teams down on the ball at the one-yard line. Jets take over from their own 19, now down 10. Penny takes the sideline shot, and that one's intercepted. He goes up, plays the ball, pulls it down. With a big pick there. More from the 40. Middle of the field, Landry. Jarvis Landry on the spin. Gain of 20. Gain of 25. Landry gets 31 yards. From the 29. More back to the air. Putting it up top for Deion Sims, the tight end. He makes the catch. Sims keeps crawling down to the one-yard line. Moves to the outside. More rolls. Throws across to Sims for the touchdown. We'll be previewing the Giants-Lions game. More the slant. Landry on the run. Look out. Jarvis Landry, 40, 30. Landry beats Pryor. Landry, touchdown Miami. So it is very possible. And welcome to Finsider Radio. My name is Matt Kanata, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Sutton and Houts. And boys and girls, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we had a lit time on Saturday evening at MetLife Stadium right in parking lot L15 where the hottest and best tailgate was going on with yours truly <laughs> and, and Houts and my degenerate cousins and a bunch of other random Dolphins fans just all coming together to, to have a lot of fun. But one person was missing, and that was Sutton. And Sutton almost got stranded in Washington, D.C. that evening. And before we get into how great of a time we had, Sutton, why don't we open the show with your nightmare and, and travel day from absolute hell? Okay, I'll try to keep this to a minimum because we did end up winning this game. And it, like I was saying before the show, this could have been possibly the worst Saturday of my entire life. But anyway, so I was flying from Cleveland to D.C., had a layover in D.C., and then would eventually fly to New York where – MC Money and his friends were going to pick me up and we were going to tailgate and it was going to be a jolly good time. But what ended up happening is when my flight was supposed to leave at 12, it eventually left at about 7. 
so I didn't get to New York till even eight eight fifteen. And luckily, I had a friend that's close to there, and I have to give a shout-out to my friend Jay, who was able to pick me up at the airport with, like, a huge jug of beer for me to drink. And he took me to the game, and then I was able to get there, like, halfway through the second quarter. And it just ironically, right when I got there was when the play was overturned, the Deion Sims catch, that first touchdown, I I got there right as that ruling was coming on. So, like, right when I got there, we scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, it was kind of deflating to miss the extra point. But but we scored a touchdown as soon as we got there, and it, it just seemed to get better from there on out. Yeah, it was an absolutely amazing Saturday. And you're right, you got there right, you know, as that first touchdown was scored. Almost like it was, you know, uh, a fate and destiny that you would get there. The Dolphins would wait to score until you got there, and I think that's exactly what was going on. But but how it's, uh, Sutton and I were all together for the first time ever in history, and it, it was an amazing, amazing scene because, you know, we're the best. And and whoever was, whoever was around us that day had the opportunity to be in the presence of the best three people who run a podcast on the Internet. And And it was a lot of fun, and it was – and people were so impressed that we were all in the same place. There was one Jets fan in front of us who got really, really excited, and he got so excited he started swearing at Howitz and his wife. And ladies and gentlemen, boys oh, and girls, man. I had to play the peacekeeper because Howitz was about to get kicked out of the game just a few minutes after it started. So I couldn't let my boy Howitz get into a fight that early. Uh, who know what was? Who knows how how gone Howitz was? I mean, I was pretty sober and. You know, everything hey, was going that, great, that dude, great with me. What happened? That dude had absolutely nothing to say after halftime, did he? No, he was no, absolutely quiet. He was, he was, yeah, his lips were pretty closed for the most part the rest of the game. So I say we got yeah. last laugh there. I swear I don't normally act like that. My my wife said I went into there saying that I was going to maybe get in a fight. So I, <laughs> I do regret the way I acted. <laughs> I think that was all beer muscles, but I, I mean, I think I played the part pretty well. I mean, you did, you did. Yeah, house. If that was me as a Jets fan, I would have been very scared of you, and I would have probably just stopped talking like he did. They they Um, probably thought Jesus was there, like trying to pick a fight with them, because otherwise, no one was scared. (laughs) Nobody. No, and and how if you ever I've never seen how he is a spitting image of Jesus then. (laughs) <laughs> we've never seen we've never seen Houts and Jesus in the same place, and I'm not saying that's a coincidence. <laughs> I'm just saying that you know I, I we've never seen we've never seen Houts and Jesus in the same place at the same time. Uh, so yeah, but it was fun. I mean, how much food did we cook? We had so much food. Uh, it wasn't even Dude, that, that cold. Was great. Yeah, I don't that, know. That I don't know. Phenomenal. I don't know if it was the alcohol talking, but I wasn't that cold. And I went into the game kind of sick. I was uh, drinking Dayquil on the whole way to the game, about two or three doses driving there. And I actually felt better on Sunday than I did on Saturday, which is kind of impressive because I thought I was for sure going to have an ammonia and be in the hospital on Sunday. But, yeah, it was a great freaking time. We got to do it. We have to do it again. There was a lot of Dolphins fans there. I do need to say, though – for as much, and 
I I appreciate everything Dolphins NYC does for the Dolphins fans up in that area. But for some, for an organization like that who who brands itself on MetLife Takeover, um, you know that that section didn't get loud until the Dolphins were ahead. It, it was kind of disappointing. I thought they were going to be loud uh, from the very start of the game, but we were pr- probably sitting opposite of them on the opposite side of the field in the upper deck, and I know we were loud the entire time, but I don't know if it was just me not hearing the right the right things or the right way, but I didn't really hear the Dolphins fans there until the Dolphins got ahead uh, in the third quarter. How about you guys? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You could hear how loud it got towards the end of the third quarter with you know, when we were on defense, let's go Dolphins. Doosh, 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 yeah, it was doosh. deafening. And that was House. And that was House. He was the one <laughs> smacking the back of the chair just in case everybody yeah, was wondering. My, my hand still hurts from that. My <laughs> hand has hurt ever since then. So I'm like, uh, what the hell was I thinking? I, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it but it would have been, been nice to hear the Dolphins fans there be loud as soon as the game started, you know, that's kind of the whole point of taking over a stadium. You make it into your home game. You don't make it into your home game when you're ahead and all the Jets fans are gone. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, hope, I hope Bryce Petty, that go ahead. Bryce Petty touchdown hurt at the beginning. I mean, we all kind of, I mean, even I felt a little deflated after that. I mean, we were pretty amped up and then Bryce Petty threw that touchdown pass and it kind of just took all the wind out of our sail. But you're right. I mean, for some, for a group that prides themselves on being loud and taking over the stadium, it definitely didn't seem that way on on Saturday. Yeah, and you know, like we said, the fans were absolutely great in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, and we had a great time as well. Uh, we were sitting in the upper deck, but that stadium was pretty empty. There weren't a lot of people there. I know in the two rows behind us, there was absolutely nobody there, um, and there were much, many more Dolphins fans there than Jets fans. And there was actually a lot of Cowboys fans, too, which was kind of surprising, to be completely honest with you. But, you know, the Dolphins won 34-10. They had an impressive game. Matt Moore went crazy with four touchdowns. And the craziest thing about that was the fact that he only threw 12 completions out of 18. So out of the 12 completions that he had, he had four touchdowns. Uh, 236 yards, the longest pass completion was 66 yards. He had a 126.2 quarterback rating which, of course, is extremely impressive. Jay Ajayi was 51 yards rushing on 19 attempts, an average of 2.7. He struggled the past few games. We are hopeful that he can get back on track against the Buffalo Bills. Bilal Powell absolutely destroyed the Dolphins, 16 attempts for 84 yards, and more importantly, 12, uh, or I mean 11 receptions for 78 yards. No touchdowns from him, uh, but he ate up the Dolphins' linebacker core. Brandon Marshall, for as much as he talked leading up to the game, targeted 11 times, only one catch for 16 yards. And that's with Byron Maxwell leaving the game after the first drive. Xavier Howard and Tony Lippett took turns covering him, and they shot him down. And Brandon Marshall is a punk. (laughs) He is a punk, and that's all that matters. And I do not like the guy at all. Tell us what you really think. Yeah, so Jarvis Landry, three receptions, 108 yards. Of course, that big, long run. Tony Lippett with two interceptions. Cam Wake with his first interception in eight years, uh, which is very, of course, impressive. Time of possession, the Jets actually uh, had the ball for 32 minutes. The Dolphins had it for only 27. 
But that's because the Dolphins struck quickly and, and often, and they didn't really need to uh, put together long drives. Um, Matt Moore is very interesting. Uh, you know, the guy hadn't started a game in, what, four and five years. He comes in, and we said to each other, guys, as we were watching the game unfold in the first quarter, what a crappy game plan. I mean, very predictable run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, first down, run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. And we, we were just looking at each other like, when is this going to turn around? When is the team going to change it up? When are they going to get aggressive? And I know they were trying to ease Matt Moore into the game a little bit, but uh, how do you think this was more of a fact that, and then Sutton, I want to hear your thoughts after this too. How do you think this is more of a fact of the Dolphins? Is this how they're going to play with Matt Moore uh, going into Buffalo and New England? Or was it really just easing him back into action and letting him get into the rhythm of the game once again? Yeah, it's hard to say what they're going to do against Buffalo next week. But I do think, I mean, he hasn't started a game in how many years? So, I mean, the Dolphins definitely had to think about easing him back into this. I mean, they had to like their uh, their matchup against the Jets and – you got to try to get that run game established. I mean, J.H.I., like you said, has struggled these last few weeks. So, I mean, it all came down to Matt Moore, and Matt Moore made the plays when it was when he was called upon. I mean, he hit that big play to Stills and Landry. And Matt Moore, he, he didn't look very rusty at all. So, I mean, I do think the Dolphins were kind of uh, weaning back into it, but I don't think this is what we will see from the Dolphins moving forward. Yeah, I would agree with House in the sense that this probably was by design coming in, but I I think it was um, – think about the weather, what it was supposed to be like coming in, and obviously my flights got delayed, so the weather was kind of crappy. So you have to consider the fact that maybe the game plan coming in was needing to establish the run game because in weather like that you need to be able to do that. So um, it kind of served a dual purpose, the weather plus getting – Matt Moore into the game, so I think that's a a smart move schematically. Um, But I I think as the game kind of loosened up a little bit and after Walt Aikens had that block punt, I think everybody, um, and I think Gase included, got a little more aggressive after that. And I think when we became aggressive, that's when the Jets weren't ready for it, and that's when we struck quickly and were able to get uh, a couple score advantage there. So that was – huge to see from my from my point of view to see Matt Moore throw four touchdowns even though the Jets secondary is hobbled up and didn't have much to play for um, if you're a division rival one of the best things to do is try to screw up your uh, rivals postseason opportunity so I, I can't ignore the fact that maybe they were trying really hard at first but we were just that much better than them that that Saturday night so here's something to keep in mind, and as we talk about what the game plan is going to be with Matt Moore against the Buffalo Bills, in Week 7, Jay Ajayi ran for 214 yards against the Buffalo Bills on 28 attempts, an average of 7.6 yards per carry, along a 53 and scored one touchdown. Uh, that, that is some pretty, obviously, pretty impressive numbers. Ryan Tannehill threw 204 yards, had a rating of 99.4. Of course... LaShawn McCoy uh, only played a little bit before being taken out of the game. Once again, remember he went in injured and then he came out. Mike Gillisley didn't obviously doesn't have the kind of impact that LaShawn McCoy has, 
The Bills didn't have Sammy Watkins. So it's going to be a completely different game, but the key is going to be for JHI to really get moving on the ground. I don't think Matt Moore can continue to carry this offense throughout the entire game and only a second start against the Buffalo Bills where, you know, even though they're struggling, they still have a very good defense under Rex Ryan. So we'll need Jay Ajayi to get back up uh, and, and to be where he needs to be. We're going to bring in this caller right now. Uh, hello. Welcome to Finsider Radio. Uh, hello. Hi. How are you? What's your name? Uh, Robbie. Robbie, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. What would you like to talk about? So my question is, if if you if LaShawn McCoy has a big game, do you think the Dolphins still take a lead and have a big game? Can you repeat that again? If LaShawn McCoy has a big day, do you think that the Dolphins still win big? Oh. So we were uh, – something uh, – Robbie, thank you again for calling. We're going to put you right on mute right now and answer your question, then we'll let you go after we answer – that's a very good question. Sutton and Houts and I, we, we, text, we text each other, and we send each other pictures, and uh, we, we do lots of other things in the text messages. No, I am absolutely <laughs> kidding. We don't send each other pictures. That's really, that's really – that's a little bit weird if we would send each other pictures. Um, it's more like – yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we're not going to get should, into that. Should we go ahead and segue to someone else talking, like me or Houts? No, I need to finish my thought. But I was okay, texting. Go, okay, go, go ahead. I was texting Houghton Sutton the other day, and I, I was said maybe it was yesterday. I can't. I don't remember my days because I just drink all the time, and I really don't know what goes on in my life. Um, well, if I'm not been, working, you've been sipping on Scissor for the last week. So if I'm not maybe drinking, your I'm are a little if, jumbled if, up. If I'm not working, I'm drinking. If I'm not drinking, I'm working. Uh, and if I'm not doing either of those, I'm doing a podcast at Finsider Radio on Tuesday nights at 9.30 yeah. p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Anyways, uh, yeah, Robbie, uh, like I was saying about 10 minutes ago, Sutton, Houts, and I were texting about LaShawn McCoy, and I texted him. I said, I am very concerned about LaShawn McCoy. We saw Bilal, Bilal Powell just destroy the linebacker core for the Dolphins. LaShawn McCoy is much better than Bilal Powell, much shiftier, much faster. If LaShawn McCoy, look, just imagine him coming out of the backfield, and going out for the pass or running slants or running little screens or just shifting behind his offensive line against our defensive line. The thing is this, the Dolphins need to stay very disciplined and stay in their gaps and fill the holes and, and stay disciplined. And and I was saying to these guys, I'm like, well, what if the Dolphins use Xavier Howard as a chess piece or Tony Lippett as a chess piece or Byron Maxwell as a chess piece, but Byron Maxwell might be out of the game. But my thought was, you know, match up, have a spy on, on LaShawn McCoy. Have Xavier Howard spy LaShawn McCoy. If LaShawn McCoy comes out of the backfield, Xavier Howard follows him. If, if he stays in, then Xavier Howard maybe drops into a zone in the middle of the field. If LaShawn McCoy rushes, obviously the defense runs up to him. But, Robbie, back to your original question, and I'm going to throw this to you, Sutton. If LaShawn McCoy has a big game, can the Dolphins still win? What do you think? It's not the greatest recipe for a Dolphins victory. I think that's one of the worst things that that could happen in this game is Shady getting established and being able to um, keep them in manageable down a distance and keeping their offense on the field. Obviously, there are different contingencies of this game where we can come out and and win. Maybe Shady gets going, but they have turnovers, and we, we force turnovers, and we're able to flip field position that way or even score defensively. So it's um, it's definitely a question to consider, but I, I, I think one of the 
big keys going into this game is being able to uh, keep him bottled up because Tyrod Taylor has not shown that much through the passing game so far. So I think if we can limit LaShawn McCoy and and Tyrod Taylor as a runner, I think we're going to be in good shape on Saturday. Yeah, so here's, Robbie, uh, here's what I just want to bring you back to. Um, I want to bring you back to all the way in 2002 when the Miami Dolphins played, ironically, the Buffalo Bills. And the Dolphins had a running back by the name of Ricky Williams. And I don't know, Robbie, how old you are, or if you were a Dolphins fan in 2002, were you? Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds very um, convincing. I think you're lying. But anyways, we'll continue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ricky Williams had 228 yards rushing that day, December 11, 2002. And for all our listeners, I'm sure you remember that day it was snowing and lots of snow around, and Ricky Williams went absolutely wild. Uh, he had 228 Gorgeous. yards rushing, uh, 27 attempts. And the final score, Buffalo 38, Dolphins 21. So, yes, Robbie, it is possible for the Dolphins uh, to win, even if LaShawn McCoy has a big game. All right, Robbie, thank you for calling. Uh, this sounds like you're the first time calling into the show. It is. Be sure to call us again next week, okay? We always uh, appreciate getting callers into the show. Okay, thank you. All right, man, take care. Enjoy the rest of the show. Have a great night. All right, so I guess, guys, we are kind of popular. We got one caller in today. That is one more than we had last week, right? Oh, yeah. Dude, we are slamming tonight. The live thread is lit. I need to find a new lit. word. But the, but the live thread yeah. is absolutely <laughs> yeah. just rocking right now. I don't know I don't know what word to use. I could use the live thread as fire. I could use the live thread as popping, bumping. Uh, I'm it's not really too sure. It's Watson. It's Watson. We're going to pretend you didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. All right. Speaking of the live thread, let's go to the live thread and Houston Sutton, run your questions down, answer the questions you present. I'm going to put myself on mute. I'm going to let you guys take it over right now. Live thread action. Here we go. Sutton, what do you got? Well, I got, um, I got something. Give me just a second. I see Dion Sims is a free agent next year at times. He plays really well and then seems to disappear for stretches also. Do we resign him? And if you've already talked about, sorry. Um, Coach K, don't you be sorry about anything, okay? Um, Dion Sims in, in the tight end position is a pretty volatile position. Uh, we don't have anybody under contract that I know of. Uh, Marquise Gray, Dion Sims, Dominique Jones, uh, all and Jordan Cameron are all free agents going into next year. Uh, so I think we're going to have to re-sign somebody. I I believe that Dominique Jones is a restricted free agent, so I think we're going to be able to get a, a small tender on him to be able to bring him back. I don't imagine Deion Sims or Marquise Gray will command a very large market or anything, so I think there are candidates to bring back as well. And then I think you have to certainly look at addressing tight end possibly early uh, in the draft this year. If, uh, from what the reports I've seen, tight end's a pretty deep position this year in the draft, so if we're able to significantly address that position, then the Dolphins might look into that. Yeah, for me, uh, Alpha 6 asks, so does K 
Tannehill meeting with an orthopedic surgeon in Pensacola mean it's a tear? Will we see the newly signed linebacker prior play this Saturday? And then he asks for Sutton. Is Moore's wife pregnant again already? So I'm going to start that with the whole Tannehill thing. Uh, I mean, I think a picture started to go viral of him at an airport heading towards Pensacola. So, I mean, I don't think that means it's a tear. I mean, yes, that's where, what, Dr. James Andrews resides. So, I mean, it's very possible, but I don't think that that is confirmed. And, I mean, until we hear otherwise, I'm, I'm going to keep holding out hope. As for the linebacker that we just signed, we poached off of a New England's practice squad. I'm not sure he'll be ready to play this week. I, I do love what Adam Gates did by poaching from Bill Belichick. I mean, that's something that he's done year after year. And to see Adam Gates come into his first year, whip out his, his, his big balls and just go and poach a linebacker straight off the practice squad, I mean, that's awesome. And as for Matt Moore, uh, considering Sutton was in attendance at, at MetLife, there, there's a really good chance that Matt Moore's wife's pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> And I made sure to say I had nothing to do with that. I have some I mean, people at work that say, don't look at me, don't touch me, don't come near me, just because they think I'm somehow telekinetically potent like that. But I, I assure you it doesn't work that way. Um, but, but, but you weren't there I, for the first <laughs> quarter. So, I mean, I, there, it is possible, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that to the scientists. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> So I have a I have a question from Daytona Dolphin that evening guys. Now that Xavier Howard had such an awesome game, does that push Maxwell closer to the door? I thought we had a great vantage point from where we were sitting to watch a a couple of key passes that Xavier Howard and Tony Lippett were both involved in, and I just thought they played so well. Their timing for their deflections and their ability to to get in front of the receiver was very apparent uh, from where we were sitting. So I thought they played excellent. I don't think that necessarily pushes Maxwell out the door, though. I think we're going to be able to save money in other ways, and I think having a veteran like Maxwell is probably still a good thing, having uh, Lippett there and Xavier Howard there, such young guys. Obviously, they're – um, the long-term future of the cornerback position, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have Byron Maxwell out there, even though his contract might be slightly inflated to what some people see on the field. I think we're going to be able to save money in other ways uh, and better ways next year, namely like Mario Williams and, and Co. Macy. Those are some cat casualties that I see coming up that are going to save us some pretty significant money. So I think we can keep Maxwell. All right, House, give us one more question, then we'll jump to our Twitter questions. What you got? Uh, all right, this is from uh, Mike Hawk, uh, 519. If and when we make the playoffs, do you guys think there's a real chance to progress to the second round, or are the Ravens or Steelers going to expose our deficiencies in front of the world? Uh, I mean, Mike, that's a good question. If we make the playoffs, I do think that there is a real chance that we could could upset one of these teams. I mean, we saw what we did to the Steelers earlier in the year. Sure, it was different circumstances, but, I mean, the Dolphins went out there. J.H.I. had a huge game, and, I mean, we, we put a beat down on the Steelers. So, I, I do think it's possible. As for the Ravens, I mean, that's a team that we've struggled against for, for years, it seems. Uh, they had our they, – they put one over on us earlier in the year, and I, I think Adam Gase and the entire Dolphins organization is probably itching for a chance to, to beat the Ravens in the playoffs. So, so, I do think there's a chance that we could could make a splash in the first round and possibly – 
throughout the rest of the playoffs, but it, it's definitely going to take the Dolphins playing and everybody clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, uh, the Dolphins are going to win the Super Bowl because Matt Moore is going to channel his inner Kurt Warner and lead the Dolphins there because I'm going to give you a fire take right now and say that Adam Gase can now run the offense that he wants to run with, Matt Moore at quarterback. And, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I just said that, so come at me. <laughs> what, quarterback okay. or the other thing? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the other thing. You know, uh, I was talking to somebody, and we know that Adam Gase has, has always talked about being uh, learning his offense from Mike Martz, learning to be aggressive, learning the different concepts and so forth. And I think we saw signs of that on Saturday with the timing routes, with, with the anticipation with reading the defense before the snap and, and finding the weaknesses and finding the exploits. We all love Ryan Tannehill. And I am not saying that Matt Moore is better than Ryan Tannehill because I don't think he is. And I don't think Matt Moore can hold up as a starter throughout an entire season. Kind of reminds me of Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he has a good season, but then it catches up to him. Uh, the league understands his nuances and figures him out. But Matt Moore is an intelligent person. He knows how to properly read the defense before the snap, something that Ryan Tannehill struggles with. Matt Moore understands where the weaknesses are as the ball is being snapped, something that Ryan Tannehill struggles with when trying to read the field, which is why you often see him in shotgun snaps. Matt Moore showed us against the Jets that if you find that right mismatch, you can wreck havoc. And I think we're going to see that continue against the Buffalo Bills. I really think we do. Um, I think Matt Moore continues to find those exploits. He was on the same page with his receivers, and we know he's a gunslinger and likes to throw the ball down the field and take chances. They are two very similar people, are Adam Gase and Matt Moore. And I think they're going to continue to put up big numbers. And as long as the defense holds up there under the bargain, I think the Dolphins are a very dangerous team if they make it to the playoffs, and let's just hope and pray that that happens because, damn it, that would be a, an amazing Christmas gift for all Dolphins fans everywhere on Sunday evening if the Dolphins win Saturday and the Broncos lose Sunday night. Um, but well, let's go and to MC, money, MC, money, yeah. MC Money, if your Matt Moore yeah, equals Kurt Warner theory doesn't turn out, maybe our knack for hurting other starting quarterbacks might hold true throughout the playoffs somehow. Yes. And that would be who nice. knows, <laughs> maybe we we make noise that way. All right. Let's see what we got on Twitter for Finsider Radio. Uh, Hicks J just made a comment. Tony Lippett and Howard both looks like men on Saturday. Future is bright for the Dolphins. Yes, they did. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And ladies and gentlemen, guess who else asked a question on Twitter? Caruth. Caruth. Yes, he did. And and Rob, you are our one of our more, most loyal listeners. And I think I say this every single week. And you still haven't sent me a Christmas gift. So if I don't get a Christmas gift this week, uh, we're going to stop answering your questions. Anyways, uh, let's see. He sent in four questions. We're going to answer two. Would you double down on linebackers in this draft, Sutton? It really depends on free agency first. I I think it's natural to kind of drift towards the draft. I mean, say that three times fast, drift towards the draft. Anyway, um, it's it's hard to tell how much through the draft we're going to have to address that because 
Uh, I think you certainly have to look the end as well. And um, I think you have to strongly consider linebacker if it presents itself as a best player available situation. I don't know that we necessarily have to force it, though, because there are um, some, some, some holes throughout the defense. On the defensive line, I think we need to address some positions. I don't think we can just um, assume Wake is going to be a superhuman the rest of his life. Um, congrats to him for getting his Pro Bowl uh, nomination tonight, along with Dominic and Sue. I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but I think you have to look at the D-line, too. So uh, linebacker, certainly a need, certainly. Um, I don't know that we need necessarily double down on it. All right, and Houts, this next question will go to you. Has tight end moved down the draft pecking order with the improved play of Deion Sims? Uh, I, I think what Sutton said earlier was that he was a free agent next year. So, I mean, he, he's definitely stepped it up these last few weeks and really seems to be a staple in this offense. But, it, I mean, if he's a free agent, he, should, he shouldn't command a lot of money. So, I, I do think the Dolphins should re-sign him and – if they do that, I'm not sure tight end should be, you know, something they look at in the first round. But I definitely think if the right player falls, the second or third round isn't too high to get a, a seam threat. Because, I mean, the Dolphins can land a, a real playmaking tight end. I, I think this offense could, oh, man, it could do some damage to the opposing defenses. Yeah, and if they continue to find the uh, exploits and mismatches that I talked about, like you said, it's going to be dangerous. All right, guys, we have our second caller of the evening. This is a pretty amazing accomplishment that we have uh, figured out how to, how to be fun and cool, I guess, huh? Yeah. So I'm going right. to bring in this caller. He's from Orlando. At least that's what his area code says. Unless he's using a fake area code and a fake phone to call in to hide his identity. But I am guessing that he or she is really from Orlando. Welcome to Finsider Radio. What's your name and what do you want to talk about? This is Chris, a.k.a. Dolphin Fan for Life. Oh, Jesus. Hello, Dolphins Fan for Life. Welcome. Welcome back. Where were you last week, buddy? Uh, Last week, I was a little bit sore. I had to have a tooth removed. Oh, jeez. I bit down on something, split my tooth in half, and I just, I was in too much pain to call in, man. Christoph, I do not want to Dude, know what that, you've been that down, is huh? some That is some baller status there. It takes a Don't freaking like split a tooth for him to not call in. Don't you feel uh, like a jerk now? No, because I have, I have, I do not want to know what he bit down on. Uh, he's just going to keep that one to himself. Uh, I don't want to hear any more details uh, on that. I'm pretty sure he eats like anvils and other tools, power tools, yeah. Yeah. for dinner. I, I, I am herbs, pretty sure. Definitely herbs. There's lots of herbs. Right, Actually, <laughs> it wasn't delivery. It was DiGiorno's. But oh, look at him with the jokes. <laughs> he got jokes. Look at him. Mr. <laughs> Model Code himself got the jokes. All right, Christoph. Um, Hold on, Christoph. My, Christoph. My question. Yeah. Christoph, let me just yeah. talk. So we have your phone okay. number on our screen right now, and we can add you to our group text if you would like. Uh, just say please, and we, we may just do that. Please do. No, we're not going to. Anyways, continue with your question. Okay. You're such a <laughs> dick, Matt. <laughs> okay, my question is as follows. Do you believe that 
last week was Moore's first attempt at really just showcasing himself for a possible trade scenario next year. I'm going to answer that, Christoph. Thank you for calling in all seriousness. Again, one of our loyal listeners, Matt Moore, I, I kind of posed this question on Twitter a few, not a few weeks ago, about a week ago. And it's a tricky situation because if Matt Moore does lead his team to the playoffs, even in a two or three game stretch, I mean, this league is so desperate for starting quarterbacks that who knows what anybody would offer him. I mean, look what the Texans did with Brock Osweiler. And now the dude is on the bench in the same breath. That could be almost a, a sign of warning for teams to, you know, go after guys with very limited tape on the field. Matt Moore doesn't have limited tape, but he's been a backup throughout almost his entire career. And if he continues to play this well, some might look at him and say, well, it's because of Adam Gase. But all it takes is one coach to think that, well, I can run a similar system to that, then Matt Moore can thrive on my team. And you never say never because all you need is one team to say, yes, we want you here. So I think if Matt Moore does lead the Dolphins to the playoffs, and heck, if he even wins them a game in the playoffs, you know, that would be some crazy stuff. But, yeah, I think he can surely get some interest out there on the market where the Dolphins may be looking to trade him. And and if they could pull that trigger, absolutely, I think I would pull that trigger as well and and bring up Dottie and, and draft a quarterback in the middle round. But, you know, we'll have to see how things play out. It's one game. It's the Jets who gave up. Uh, who cashed, who checked out even before the game started with Wilkerson on Snapchat saying F this game. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But Christoph, uh, thank you for calling into Finsider Radio. I hope your tooth is feeling better. All right. Christoph is gone. All right. So yeah, Matt Moore guys. And Matt Moore is a phenomenal human being and we love Matt Moore. And I'm not talking about the pitcher from the Rays or whoever he is now, Giants. I don't know what team he's on anymore. Talk about Matt Moore, the quarterback. So the Pro, Bowl was, anu- the Pro Bowl was announced tonight. Uh, two players from the Dolphins, Cameron Wake and Adamican Sue. I'm glad to see Adamican Sue being named to the first uh, ballot this year after being uh, left off last year because of his, uh, you know, I wouldn't say poor season, but the perception that he was having a poor season last year. So I'm glad to see him back on it. Do you guys feel any snubs, not even from the Dolphins, but from other teams as well? Houts, do you think anybody got snubbed in the NFL and from the Dolphins? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really look over the Pro Bowl rosters. I know you sent us the two from the Dolphins, and, and I did see that Kiko got snubbed. So, I mean, that's that's pretty tough yes. to swallow. I mean, especially when Dante Hightower, I believe, had 64 tackles and two sacks. And then you look at what Kiko did. He has almost 40 more tackles two interceptions, a touchdown. I mean, you know it's a popularity contest going into it. I mean, the Pro Bowl's been that for how many years? It's kind of become such a joke. But, I mean, to see to see a guy like Kiko Alonso, or, I mean, even even a guy like Byron Maxwell, you could plead a case, or Jay Ajay, there's a couple of Dolphins that you could definitely plead a case for. But, I mean, to see a guy like Kiko Alonso with just statistically just dominating compared to a guy like Dante Hightower that made the cut, I mean, Things like that, that that pisses me off a little bit, yeah. How about you, Sian? Yeah, I thought um, 
and I don't know if they've unveiled the special teams nominations too, but I didn't see Michael Thomas's name on there. So no, he actually I, put I a thing up on was, Twitter. Uh, it seems kind of like a foregone conclusion that he was going to be included in there. So I'm surprised that he wasn't in there, but um, in his defense, I want the Dolphins to re-sign him and keep him as a, uh, just for everything that he does for this team. I, I appreciate uh, the special teams and the versatility that he has on defense. So if he didn't make it, he got snubbed. Yeah, he is a stud. Um, absolutely, he did not make it. He put a note up on Twitter saying thanking the fans for his support. One other guy, Jarvis Landry, people were talking about uh, one of the best receivers in the NFL, whichever way you look at it. You know, people will say, oh, well, he made the pro- he can make the Pro Bowl as an alternate or when people drop out. But really, that's not the same thing. But in all reality, the Pro Bowl now is more like a popularity contest with the fans having a large say in who goes. The real awards are the all-pro awards that are announced by, you know, the writers and the Associated Press and so forth. And we'll have to wait until those come out. But really, that should be taken more as a stock and a popularity contest with the Pro Bowl. Cam Wake, 34 years old, a year after his Achilles tear, a huge candidate for comeback player of the year. I would be extremely surprised if it went to anyone else. Uh, Kiko Alonso can even make a case for it with the Dolphins, but if we're thinking throughout the NFL, boys, uh, guys or ladies, whatever you want to be called, um, you know, maybe I'll call I, you ladies I prefer now to on. be called a lady. Okay, I'll call you a lady, you little weirdo. Thank um, you. Yeah, no problem. Ten, ten and a half sacks for the year for Cameron Wake, all but one coming since he became a starter again in week six. Do you think there's anyone else in the NFL who can make the case for comeback player of the year? I can't think of anyone. Well, maybe Le'Veon Bell, who was injured last year. Jimmy Graham is another one, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Jordy Nelson, Jordy another Nelson. one. Yeah. Yeah, Jordy, Jordy Nelson, Nelson, another one. I mean, I mean, I think Cam. Wade I mean, you kind of you kind of expect someone as young as Le'Veon Bell to come back from something like that and be yeah. fairly productive. Not many people were other outside of Miami were predicting Cameron Wake to have the kind of year that he did coming out of a Achilles injury and being 34 years old. But you know, we know how well he takes care of his body, and uh, just congrats to him for all of his hard work. It's you know, it's definitely paid off and just look forward to him retiring as a Dolphin. I think, I think that his injury, his age and his position he plays and getting double digit sacks, I think puts him at the top of the list. Uh, receiver, running back, tight end, those kind of things I, I think are a little easier to get production out of defensive end the, at that age and off I, that injury with that burst is a little harder. And MC Money, I think the only comparable story might be Eric Berry. Yeah, that's true. That is true. He's had a hell of a comeback. So that will that that'll be tough company there for Cam Wake just because of the uh what Eric Berry had to go through from a just a completely different standpoint from, you know, health and battling his disease. So um he would be a, a deserving candidate as well, but uh, obviously rooting from Cam Wake. And speaking of Cam Wake, we're all rooting for him to get a playoff berth because he's never played in the playoffs in his NFL career. And the NFL Amen. Today announced Amen. The, the NFL Today announced uh, official Miami Dolphins playoff scenarios for week 16. And here's how they get into the playoffs this weekend, boys and ladies and girls and everyone else who's watching. If the Dolphins <laughs> win, 
if the Dolphins win and the Broncos lose, they are in no matter what happens in week 17. The Dolphins can lose 99-0. to And the Ravens and Steelers can win and the Titans can win and the Colts can win and everyone else can win in the NFL. Or tie. And the Dolphins are still in, folks. Dolphins win, Broncos lose, Dolphins are in. If Miami ties on Saturday, if Baltimore loses on Saturday, if Denver loses and Houston loses, then the Dolphins are in. Or if the Dolphins tie, the Ravens lose, the Broncos lose, and the Titans lose or tie, the Dolphins are in. Obviously, two and three are not realistic scenarios. But scenario number one is a very real possibility with the Dolphins playing the Bills, with the head coach who's about to be fired, and the Broncos playing the Chiefs, who have lost two close ones at home in consecutive weeks and are probably very pissed off about that and are going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. Do you think the Dolphins clinch a playoff spot this weekend? Out. I'm going to say yes. I know I've rooted for the Dolphins, picked them in different weeks, and you guys called me a jinx or one way or the other. I'm I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to say the Dolphins beat the Bills this week. They do everything they need to, and I, I think Denver, their, their schedule, the remainder of their schedule is just rough. So I, I do think, I mean, that you said it earlier, that's all I want for Christmas. I think that's all both of you guys want for Christmas. I mean, to, to make the playoffs in Adam Gates' first season would be amazing. So I'm just going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say yes. The Dolphins do everything they need to do, and they make the playoffs. Sutton, how about you? My answer is a resounding yes. I think we take care of business this weekend. I think we shed all the demons, and we uh, go into Week 17 being 4-1 and one in the division. And just think how dramatic of a shift that is. Uh, through the Joe Philbin years, we were mired in mediocrity in the division. I believe we were 1-5 last year in the division, and you just cannot uh, play consistent winning football with that kind of record in your division. So to flip that completely around and possibly be 5-1 and one in the division – um, especially if New England has nothing to play for in Week 17. I mean, you have to like the what-if scenarios with the Dolphins right now. But at the same time, most of us are jaded. We've been in this scenario before. We need to take care of business, and it's um, it seems more likely under Adam Gase. So I feel a little bit more confident. Um, than I have in years past when we've been in this scenario. You're right. We all feel jaded, and we are all just waiting for that moment where the Dolphins choke and they don't make the playoffs. But Adam Gase, this is a different team. I think these guys are very hungry. The Dolphins are a better team than the Bills, make no mistake about it. We've all seen, though, the Bills take care of the Dolphins pretty handily in Buffalo. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are playing on a short week. Of course, they're at home, and they were at home this past week, so they have the full week to not go anywhere. But the fact remains that they played on Sunday and their body really hasn't fully gotten to the point where it was on Sunday afternoon. Obviously pretty close, but still that one day could make all the difference in the world. We'll have to see what shakes out on Saturday. For me, I do think the Dolphins can win this game. And I do think there's a realistic shot that the Broncos lose to the Chiefs on Sunday night. And the Dolphins go into week 17 with if everything 
falls the right way, maybe they're playing for the fifth seed in week 17. Who knows? And then in that case, they may be playing the Texans or the Titans in the first round, which I think people would prefer than the Steelers or the Ravens. Absolutely. All right. Before we head off the air, I just want to touch on one more thing non-Dolphins related. We've seen uh, a few players announce that they're skipping their bowl games. Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette, two of the bigger ones, two of the bigger names that said they are skipping their bowl games and preparing for the NFL draft. Personally, for me, I have absolutely no problem with this. These guys do not get paid. Of course, they get their scholarships, but they don't get paid to play in, in college and the bowl games make millions and millions and millions of dollars. And these players don't see any of it. They get gifts from the uh, bowl committee when they get there, but nothing that even comes close to the value of getting a paycheck from the share of the amount of money that these bowl games create. And we saw last year with Jalen Smith, a top five pick. He would have been a top five pick. He may never play football again. We saw Joey Bose in that same game go down early, and, and I don't think his injury was very serious, but I think at that point he said, I am not going to risk any further injury, and I'm going to take myself out of this game. And now we have it; these guys doing it before the actual game starts. I have absolutely zero problem with this. Houts, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we, we saw what happened in the past from players. I mean, they came out and played – I mean, every every team gets a bowl game. I mean, what do you have to do? Finish above five hundred, and you're playing in a bowl game. So I mean, six for these wins, guys six wins. Me- yeah, so, so to sit out a meaningless game, I mean, you, you can't blame them at all. And like you said, I mean, Jalen Smith got destroyed his uh, bowl game, and I mean, I mean, for a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who's likely a late first, early second, or a guy like Leonard Fournette, who might even be a top ten pick. I mean, for them to to look at their future and to realize that. I mean, sure, some people might look at it as them being uh, thinking all about the money and this and that. And I think Fournette even came out and tweeted a little bit earlier about how some of his family members didn't even get to watch him play football. Most of them were watching from a jail cell. So, I mean, for them to want to better their future and the future of their families, I mean, I can't fault them for that. And I I think they're doing the right thing for business. Absolutely. And how about you? Yeah, I – it's not necessarily a black and white thing for me. I think there's some pretty significant gray area. I think you have to consider, you know, how important is the bowl game. I think that's what House is getting at. Like, you know, if it's the, you know, Walmart, Costco, Sam's Club, dot com bowl. That's my you favorite know, bowl. You know, skip it. You know, it's uh, that's a good bowl. Worthless marketing thing. But if it's a significant bowl game where maybe you don't have as much tape against good competition, then I think you have to play in the bowl game to uh, impress the scouts and improve your draft stock. So I think it really is a case-by-case scenario. I think in McCaffrey's case, this is a good call because he's playing in a Joe Schmo bowl. Um, that's not really going to elevate his draft status in any way. So um, kudos to him. I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be a trendsetter. I think, Prospects have already seen the um, seen the the writing on the wall, like you said, MC Money, with those injuries that we saw uh, last year. So um, yep. it's definitely in the back of their minds. So they have millions of dollars waiting in front of them. So uh, these are very calculated decisions. These are not simple decisions to make. Absolutely. Yeah, just, just one 
just one thing to jump in. I Bit Miles Garrett, I think he's projected to be the number one overall player in the draft. Didn't he come out then and say that he was going to play in, I mean, what seemed to be a rather meaningless bowl game? So, I mean, like Sutton said, it's not something that you're going to see every player doing. I mean, number one overall pick, I think he's coming out and he's going to play for his team. So, I mean, you you take the good with the bad. I mean, you, you understand what McCaffrey and Fournette are doing, but to see a guy like Miles Garrett who's pretty much solidified as a top two pick in this draft. I mean, to see him come out and say that he's going to play in a bowl game that, again, is rather meaningless. I mean, you got to you got to give kudos to him. I mean, hopefully everything works out and nothing bad happens. But for a guy like that, he's pretty much solidified himself as a top three pick. I mean, that's awesome to see him come out and say that he's going to play. Yeah, good All point. Right. So we will see how those bowl games shake out. We will see if any more players can continue to do it in future years to come. But on tap for the Dolphins and Dolphins fans is the Dolphins versus Bills on Saturday afternoon, Christmas Eve. We wish everyone a Merry Christmas for those who celebrate. If you do not celebrate, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you may celebrate. We hope you have a happy happy holiday season. Here's to the Dolphins winning on Saturday. Here's to the Broncos losing on Sunday. And hopefully when we come back next Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are opening the show with the Dolphins' celebration of making it into the playoffs for the first time since 2008. For Sutton and Houts, I'm Matt Canada. Thank you for joining us this week on Finsider Radio. We'll talk to you next week. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.